Welcome to the Banega Swasthya podcast. Our focus is one health, one planet, one future. Our aim is health for all and leaving no one behind because Swasth Bharat is Sampan Bharat. Earlier this year, a major fire broke out at Delhi's Ghazipur landfill and it was on for approximately 55 hours non-stop. Ghazipur is one of the three landfills in national capital of Delhi. Commissioned by the Delhi government in 1984, the landfill crossed its capacity in 2002, but even today, 20 years later, the waste is dumped there. Today according to the statistics, the dump site receives almost 3000 metric tons of waste every day. As for the last count done in 2019, the mountain of garbage is around 65 meters tall, around 213 feet, which is almost at par with the height of the Taj Mahal, which is around 73 meters and just 8 meters short of the Qutub Minar. In terms of area, the landfill covers an area of 70 acres, which is larger than that of Taj Mahal, which is spread across 42 meters. In 2017, two people died and five were injured when this mountain of garbage collapsed. But the incoming of waste continues. So what is wrong with Ghazipur exactly and why haven't we been able to control all these mishaps over the years? I am Ambika Singh Kama and today we will be speaking with experts to get a detailed insight on what is not right with Delhi's waste management system and the solutions on the road ahead. We have with us Richa Singh, landfill expert from the Center of Science and Environment, Chitra Mukherjee, consultant, waste and sustainable livelihood, and Swati Sambil, independent waste and circular economy expert. To begin with Richa, tell us the difference between a landfill and a dump site and how does that affect the health of the environment and people? When we say landfill, we are actually referring to a scientific containment system or scientific structures which are constructed and operated in a scientific manner. Okay, so there are some uh, regulatory guidelines which one have to follow in order to make the landfill scientific in nature or engineered in nature. However, if we talk about Ghazipur dump site or other dump sites in 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 the uh, in the city of Delhi or in rest of the cities, we are actually dealing with these dump sites. these are not scientific structures but on the contrary they are just piece of land which is used for haphazardly you know dumping the waste so as a result there is no barrier layer at the bottom there is no mechanism for treating the hazardous liquid which is generated by the waste and also the hazardous gases which is emitted by the gas uh, by the waste so in du- during this entire process a lot of leachate is produced a lot of gaseous emission is produced such as uh the particulate matters the h2s gas which is carcinogenic in nature then methane gas which is which has huge global warming potential all of these kind of pollutants is basically you know the it affects the people who are living in the close vicinity uh in fact the people who are living in uh you know in the 5 kilometers radius of the uh, of the dump site and it also affects the water in the in the uh, the groundwater as well as the surface water because of the you know the infiltration and the precipitation all sort of biochemical processes that actually it contributes in the entire process of you know uh the it potentially uh expose a lot of uh, people to different type of contaminants and that's how the entire a uh, dump site ecosystem works right when we visited the gazipur landfill recently and interacted with locals there a lot of them complained of tuberculosis chitra could you please add on 
to that and elaborate more on how does Ghazipur affect the health and lives of the locals living in the vicinity. So first of all, landfills like this or dump sites like this are highly hazardous to the cities. Uh, they, there's always wet waste which is rotting and which is polluting the groundwater, polluting the soil. Uh, methane gas is coming out from the decomposition of wet waste which is one of the most potent greenhouse gases. So it's, uh, it's part of the whole climate change thing and uh, all the climate warming up, heating up is because of greenhouse gas emissions. And of course there are vectors of diseases like flies and mosquitoes which breed on all this wet waste. So, uh, and there's so much of toxic hazardous waste which is also on the landfill. So you have sanitary waste, you have all the COVID masks, gloves, you have shops, you have battery waste, e-waste, you name it, everything that the city uses is dumped in the landfill. So it's not just uh, uh, not just uh, polluting the commons, uh, but it's also very, very hazardous to the people. Uh, specifically, if I talk about the informal waste picking sector, uh, you have the, the kuda walas, which are the waste pickers, kabadi walas, the small scrap dealers, all this is a huge informal sector of uh, recycling, which is there in India. And all these waste pickers who are actually the poorest of the poor and the most backward classes, they have no other option of, for livelihood. They don't have any other skills. So only the very poor people will actually become a waste picker. These people live around a landfill because that is their source of livelihood. So while we can criticize and say that why do they live here if it is so hazardous, they, they, are, they have so many injuries because they pick waste from the landfills or dump sites with their bare hands. There are sharps lying there, it infects them. Then a daily inhalation of all those toxic fumes in a landfill. I mean, you can imagine when you pass a dhalao or a garbage dump, you have to close your nose. People who are working 24 by 7 on a landfill, you can imagine they have headaches, they have nausea, they have gastroenteritis, spinal problems. I think that's a part of their daily life. Landfills are clearly a health and environmental hazard. But the question is, why haven't we been able to find a solution to tackle the humongous amount of waste that has accumulated over the years? Dump sites in general is one of the biggest uh, environmental challenges that our country is facing today. Uh, of course, Ghazipur is one of the largest or the biggest dump sites that we have in our country uh, after Devnar or Perenwudi uh, dump sites in uh, Mumbai and Chennai, respectively. So uh, the problem is uh, we are in the process of bioremediating the site because the uh, under the Swaksh Bharat Mission 2.0, mandate. Now the cities are mandated by the government to clear the dump sites uh, in a couple of years. So the cities having more than 10 lakh uh, population, they are required to clear the sites uh, uh, by 31st March 2024. So basically we have a couple of years for the city authorities to clear these sites. Now it is uh, particularly very challenging for a site like Ghazipur because of course it's, it's a huge dump site. Uh, the land footprint is huge and also the height if you see. But at the same time, even if the city authorities are, you know, engaged in, uh, you know, doing the biomining process, at the same time, they are also disposing of the fresh waste in these dump sites. The, the very first principle of uh, dump site remediation projects is, you know, you need to stop the dumping of fresh waste in, in the dump sites. Then only you can, otherwise it will become a vicious circle. If we take the example of Ghazipur, uh, East Delhi Municipal Corporation is actually, uh, they are... Uh, treating nearly 2,000 tons of uh, legacy waste or the old municipal solid waste, which is lying in the dump site every day. And they are then disposing of, they're dumping nearly 2,500 tons of uh, waste daily. So it becomes a vicious 
you know, cycles. It's a, it becomes a never-ending process. So we have to have mechanism to treat the legacy waste, which is already lying over there. But at the same time, we need to have some concrete uh, solid waste management action plan for treating the fresh waste. So that negligible amount of waste is actually ending up into the dump sites. So that's how the city should plan. But unfortunately, most of the waste is ending up into these landfills. And that's why it's, it's, it's a bit challenging for them to clear the site. Talking about the environmental hazards, Chitra, if I may ask you, why do these landfills catch fire? You see the fire, but uh, I mean, we talk about the fire because when we actually see it. But there is always smoldering going on inside a landfill because of all the decomposition of the wet waste, which gives out methane gas. And then the dry waste also gets, uh, you know, part of that fire. So this fire is always happening. So landfills are something which... Uh, the city has to really, really consider because these are not landfills, these are dump sites and they have all reached saturation limits. And why are we use pri using prized land to make more and more landfills? We should be thinking about reusing, recycling. We should be thinking about these options, not more and more landfills. When we talk about waste management, we often hear about waste to energy plants, that is a waste management facility that burns waste to produce electricity. Swati, in your opinion, how effective are these waste-to-energy plants? Now, we look at the functioning of these plants and what's going. Uh, the segregation levels are supposedly the lowest in East Delhi, which means a lot of mixed waste is what forms the intake or feed of these plants. And as you rightly said, and as you also heard from other experts and people that have been working in this area, that most of these plants, and a bigger flaw is that these plants are supposed to receive segregated non-recyclable, high kilophic value waste. What they're receiving basically is unsegregated waste, which has a high inert content, which is not suitable for burning in waste-to-energy plants, which means you have to add additional fuel to burn this waste, which makes the plants economically very unviable. And this is the reason why waste-to-energy plants, not just in Delhi, but in many other cities, are not functioning properly, because I think we're not really focusing on the composition of the waste uh, the more wet content, the more mixed content, the lesser will be the calorific value and the higher will be the moisture content, which means that uh, if these are the factors, then you would need more fuel and you would have more bottom ash. So clearly, I mean, ideally for a waste to energy plant, the bot bottom ash shouldn't be beyond 20%, but most of these plants have 40% and over bottom ash, the residual ash that is left after burning, whose disposal is again a huge, huge challenge. I mean, uh, perhaps in some corner of the city, there is already a mountain of bottom ash that is uh, already there and is creating a huge havoc because it is hazardous in nature. So clearly, I mean, number one, we really need to have an idea about what is the composition of a waste. And clearly, that's why I always emphasize on the importance of evidence-based planning around solid waste management, which means that you clearly need to have an idea about what is the composition of your waste. And you can only get an idea if you start doing an inventorization study, which is important not just for Delhi, but for any city. Chitra, what's your take on waste to energy plants and the use of technology in waste treatment? So waste to energy plant, the whole, the whole word is a, the name is a misnomer. It's basically a waste management tool. It doesn't really produce much electricity. The way electricity produced is negligible. It doesn't take care of any of our electricity needs in the city. Uh, these are basically incinerators, which the West and the developing country has been using. Um, 
and because even their countries are now phasing out these incinerators these technologies are not finding a market there and they are trying to make markets in india and china so the waste uh, the whole waste to energy plant basically these are very very expensive plants they need uh, a lot of uh, uh, monitoring they need environment norms to be met now if you talk about the first energy waste to energy plant which came up in india it was in timarpur and within 21 days it closed down and it closed down because of the quality of waste that was coming in and there was like you need a certain kind of waste to run a waste to energy plant it has to be high calorific waste so according to giz the kind of uh, calorific waste that a waste to energy plant needs is 1800 kilocals per kg but indian waste is low in calorific value is high in moisture content and is less than 1500 kilocals per kg so how is this technology going to work in india because and and that's why the waste to energy plant uh, in gazipur also it shut down for quite some time and waste to energy plants do not work in india like 14 waste to energy plants were commissioned in india seven closed down in lucknow bangalore hyderabad all these places it closed down because in india we do not generate that kind of uh, you know high calorific waste which a waste to energy plant needs and the solid waste management rules 2016 clearly say that waste management sorry waste to energy plant the waste that goes there should be non reactive should be non biodegradable it should be non recyclable only these kind of waste can go but at the moment if segregation is not happening how do you send that kind of waste so what is happening is unsegregated waste which has 50 to 60% wet waste which has maybe 15 to 20% of dry recyclables and 10 to 15% of inert waste this is what is going to a waste to energy plant how will it function so all we are doing is that we are using a lot of the government's money in using a technology which really doesn't work in the indian context it's just being used here because incineration is a very easy option like it's so simple you have so much waste you don't know how to manage it you burn it or you landfill it these are not the options to be considered in india we have to look at reusing recycling composting not waste to energy plants now that we know the problem let's discuss the solutions swati what steps can the government local bodies and citizens take to tackle delhi's waste management crisis in fact what steps should they take well um, not just delhi but if we look at cities overall in india or anywhere else for waste management to work in cities both political and administrative will needs to go hand in hand and of course the people's will so wherever these three elements work together uh, which means your political will the administrative will as well as the citizen influence you you see a change on the ground wherever at least even the two components work you see change and wherever one component works of course you know you see the struggle and of course there are cities where none of the components work now delhi of course has a very robust solid waste management bylaws that came sometime in 2018 uh the bylaws not only mandate segregation at source but they also push for waste minimization and processing with penalties and fines for non compliance so about time like it's been almost we are on the fifth year after the bylaws and about time we implement the same also it's very much important to understand that as a generator individual or bulk which means whether i produce my waste at home or whether i'm a commercial entity producing my waste or whether i'm an institutional entity segregation is mandatory it's not optional 
by law. And in addition, if the generator wants to go a step ahead, well, they can focus on minimization and managing wet waste at source. We've seen successful models in bigger cities like Indore, Mysuru, Ambikapur, Panji, including some wards in Delhi itself, where residents have been urged to treat wet waste at source or some innovative schemes such as this one very interesting scheme running in Bengaluru right now, which, uh, you know, is providing composting as a service, wherein a private company takes care of your wet waste uh, composting at source. So this is possible and has been happening. Of course, uh, it has to be pushed rightly and in a way that awareness leads to behavior change. Uh, When we talk about MCDs, of course, uh, it's important to create appropriate systems to ensure waste minimization, maximization of waste processing, and reducing the dependence of land for dumping. Also ensuring compliance and by recognizing the role of multiple stakeholders in the waste value chain. Because clearly it's not just the municipality's job at the end of the day. And I'm not really taking sides, but I feel waste management as a whole in our cities is a huge value chain. It compensates the formal sector, the informal sector, the generator, uh, the corporations, the pollution control board. So everyone in a way has to come together. So segregation at source is the key. Richa, what kind of solutions would you suggest for Delhi to manage its waste? First and the foremost thing is source segregation. Let us not mix the waste at the source. Just put two containers, at least start doing it in at least two fractions. As a waste generator, I should, uh, we all should do it because uh, waste management is a shared responsibility. We just can't blame the city authorities only. Or, you know, we as a citizen should also, you know, share the responsibility with uh, with uh, the city authorities. Now, city authorities should have efficient collection mechanism. That is the second thing that is very, very important. Suppose if I am producing like uh, 500 grams uh, uh, waste every day uh, you know I have to be and I'm segregating it into two or three fractions now my waste collector should come and collect it uh, so the uh, the guarantee of service is very very important and it's very motivating for the waste generators also uh, you must have heard many times that you know people complain that even if you are segregating the waste at the source these waste collector would come and they will you know mix it so it's very demotivating for people who are actually conscious about your uh, your waste management, right? So the second thing is, of course, efficient collection mechanism. There has to be infrastructure. I mean, if you see in Indore and Bhopal, they have customized machineries, customized vehicles to collect the waste. So they, it has six compartments to collect different type of waste. So similarly, uh, the city authority should have enough infrastructure and uh, to collect the waste uh, from the different sources. The third thing that is very, very important is, uh, um, you know, having sufficient number of recycling facilities. Uh, We can also go with, you know, the decentralized concept that each community will have their own, at least uh, compost plant or a biogas plant. Okay, so treatment is something which is very, very important. The dry waste can be channelized to different, uh, you know, Recycling facilities and wet waste can be channelized to the compost plant or biomethanation plant. Uh, the third thing, the fourth thing, which is very important, is integration of the informal sector. There are many people who are working in this sector and they are not recognized for the the kind of work they are doing. And these critical workforce are uh, are termed as the informal sector, the waste pickers, or the people who come for door to door collection. You know, so the city authorities should also 
uh, you know, use these workforce in, and integrate them into the formal waste management chain. Uh, the fifth thing is, of course, we need to construct scientifically designed landfills, which are not just like these dump sites, but they have proper mechanism to, you know, uh, minimize the emissions. And uh, the, the sixth, and we are talking about it, of course, today, the agenda is about dump site remediation is, of course, remediating the existing dump sites that we are having. So basically, it's, it's segregation, efficient collection, treatment, then uh, disposal into sanitary landfills, and then your dump site remediation. So all these six steps is not something that you need to do this and then this. These all six steps should complement each other. Then only we'll be able to achieve sustainable solid waste management. Very important point. The key is to start segregating, maybe with just chai and wet waste segregation first and then move forward. It was an enlightening discussion. Thank you so much, Richa, Chitra and Swati for joining us today and talking about Delhi's waste crisis. That's it on the Banega Swast India podcast this week. If you have comments, queries or suggestions on the topic we discussed today or issues you would like us to cover in future, write to us on BSI podcast at the rate ndtv.com. Remember, BSI stands for Banega Swast India. You can also connect with us on Banega Swast India handles on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and continue the conversation through the week. Till next week, this is Ambika Singh Kama signing off. Stay healthy and stay safe.